Welcome to the Funny Because It's True podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McGann. The show is recorded live every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. at the Second City Hollywood in Los Angeles, California. Storytellers are either predetermined or chosen randomly on the night of the show to tell a true story based on different themes, and this podcast is a mixed bag of some of my favorites. The theme of this episode is fitting in, or more specifically, not fitting in. Josh Callahan gets insulted by a Tony Award-winning actor, Carl Tart gets distracted by a majestic whale tale, and I get inducted into the world of red-headed stepchildren. But let's not dawdle. First up, Josh Callahan. I've seen a lot of these shows, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of these stories come back to high school, and mine is no different. Um, you know, it's a very formative time. Everybody's trying to see where they fit into stuff, and I didn't fit into stuff very well, as I'm sure many people here in this building at this theater uh, didn't, or maybe they did, and fuck you guys if that's the case. Um, I was I was overweight. I've, I've struggled with weight for a long time, and uh, I would wear socks with sandals. Uh, I wore Hawaiian shirts. Hawaiian shirts were in for a period of six weeks in 1999, and, and I wore them all the way up through my graduating year of 2002. Uh, I grabbed onto that trend, and I rode it right the fuck through high school. Um, but I was I was. Uh, very overweight in high school, and uh, I, it really hit home when the star of the movie, well, not the star, I guess, but the guy who played Chris Farley's father in Tommy Boy, um, <laughs> Brian Dennehy, told me so, to my face. Um, when I was in high school, I was a member of the Thespian Society, Troop 2757. I was the president. And we did a lot of shows. We did, sh- I call them shows. We did high school plays. All right, we did high school plays. They weren't very good. Sorry, Mrs. Nocera, if you're listening to this, they weren't very good. Uh, but we tried to take on a lot of challenging stuff. So we did Death of a Salesman, which is, of course, exactly what you do when you're a sophomore in high school. Uh, and since, you know, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. So, uh, you know, I, I, I was playing Willie Loman, uh, naturally. Uh, and that was at the time when Brian Dennehy, star of FX and Rambo, uh, where they were at the Amundsen Theater doing his Tony-winning revival of Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman. And so we went to see the show, because that's what you do, because at that age, you don't fucking know any better, so you're just going there to rip off all of his stuff, and then people will tell you how great it was. Uh, and we saw the show, and it was fantastic, as I remember it. Um, and we had, uh, it was several of us, it was much of the cast, and, you know, several chaperones, and they managed to uh, finagle a way for us to get backstage, which was... Phenomenal. I had never really met a celebrity before. I grew up 90 minutes north of L.A., which, even though it's very close to here, is an t- entirely different universe. It's on the 15 uh, freeway on the way to Las Vegas in Victorville, if you've ever driven to Las Vegas. Um, you've been through there. We have a Red Lobster now. <laughs> and so this was a big deal. I was going to meet the star of the show. I was totally in love with the play at the time. I thought it was the, the greatest thing ever. And uh, so we, we did. That's exactly what we did. We went back to everybody's dressing rooms. It was maybe half an hour after the show had ended. And they saw me into his dressing room, and they just left me there. So I'm alone with Brian Dennehy, who has his hand on his crotch. He's zipping up his shorts. He's wearing shorts. I'll never forget it. He was wearing shorts that were much too short. And he is not a small man. Brian Dennehy is a big, fat son of a bitch. Uh, Do you hear that? I hope... Ah, do you hear it? Uh, I hope you do. 
so I, I said, uh, Mr. Dennehy, hi, wow, geez, hi, my name is Josh Callahan, you know, I'm a sophomore at uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we're doing Death of a Salesman, and I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed your performance. I thought you were fantastic. And he just, is, you know, finishes zipping up and... <laughs> Sits, stands up out of his chair, and he too is wearing like a floral print shirt. Uh, I'm wearing a suit. Um, it was the only suit I had, and like I said, I was kind of an overweight kid. And he looked at me, and he said, "You must be playing Willie." And I said, "Yes, I am." Assuming that it was my uh, charming demeanor and uh, outgoing personality that uh, that led him to that conclusion. It was not. He said, well, you certainly look like you could be it. I said, oh, not really knowing what that meant until I had it explained to me afterwards when I was heartbroken. And I said, hey, listen, uh, can you sign my program? He signed my program, to his credit. Uh, Thanks so much. Wow. Uh, God, I I know this is a stupid question, and I know it's a totally different level, but do you have any tips or, or hints or I don't even know what I was asking for? And he looks at me, and I'm wearing, you know, a black suit. Like, you know, this is what I thought to wear. Um... And like I said, I've got kind of a going on. And he looks at me and he says, get yourself a pair of suspenders, kid. And I said, I said, what do you mean? I don't, huh? For the show? And he said, no, you're wearing a belt. Kid, you need suspenders. Um... A lot of people have, like, an Oscar speech. You know, you move to this town, you think, like, oh, boy, here is a list of the people I will thank if I ever win a major televised award. Uh, my speech will be very concise, and it will, it will consist, uh, as long as they give me, until the orchestra plays me off, uh, telling Brian Dennehy how much I hate him. <laughs> Next up, Carl Tart. In high school, when I first got there, um, I fit in okay. I wasn't like Mr. Popular or anything, but people knew me. People seemed to think I was, I was funny, so they liked having me around. The girls didn't really like me that much. I was always, oh, he is like my brother. But I was like, dang, that's not great for me. But so um, we're in Spanish class, and I have a teacher, and she is fine. Oh, my God. My Spanish teacher, Spanish one was just the most beautiful woman, and she was everything. Her name, let's just call her Miss Fine Lady. She was just great, and she was young, and I I think it's like a rule that when you are a young, fine teacher, you got to be real mean, so none of the boys don't get no ideas. Like, we all end up hating her, like, oh, man, she's fine, but she is so damn mean, and I failed because she was mean, not because I wasn't good at Spanish. But so um, this young this young teacher, she would uh, uh, the way she would ask us for our homework, she had like this honor system, and it was like trust. Like if you did your homework, she would go, uh, "Senor blank, uh, TNS two tarea," and you'd either say "Si la tango" or "No la tango" if you didn't have your homework. So. If I couldn't get the homework from somebody who was good in the class or that day, I'd probably, just judging on if she had been checking the homework, she would go, Senor Carlos, tienes tu today? And I go, oh, si la tengo. I got it. And even if I wouldn't have it. So this one day, sometimes I would say no la tengo. If you said no la tengo, you got a zero for the day. You were ousted. And so uh, one day uh, she goes, Senor Carlos, tienes tu today? And I was like, I don't have it, but 
I've been getting a lot of zeros for the day. So uh, I'm going to say, Sila Tango. And so she's like, gracias. And she went on. And then, like, she started going over the homework and asking questions. And this day, and this wasn't the first time this happened, but for the sake of this story, this is the first time this happened, just so you know what it is. She would go in front of the, the chalkboard and turn to the chalkboard, and then one day she dropped the chalk and squatted down, and it was just whale tail central. Like, she had a thong on. It was, and we went crazy. It was all, like, cartoon. And this was the teacher. Like, the teacher bent over. And it wasn't just like, oh, my God, her underwear is showing. No, it was like top of the booty, cheek, thong under it. And you may think this is like, I, some of you are serious right now, but this, I wasn't, it wasn't like I planned this. It's not, this is not my doing, but it was there. We, we saw it. Some of, you guys are, some of you guys are looking at me like, that's wrong. You don't need to be looking at that. No, it's, it's not my fault that, that her thong was out, her ass was showing. So she gets to me and she asked me a, a question at this particular time. And I was like, uh, 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 uh. A biblioteca and she was like no senor Carlos tienes tu tarea and I was like no and she was like zero for the day and she was mad and then I looked at my friend who already they, these were the older kids still in uh, Spanish one and I was like maybe I didn't know the answer because I was looking at that ass like that and she goes what did you say senor Carlos I was like, nothing, nothing. I didn't say nothing. That was, I was just, I'm sad. I didn't do my homework. I lied to you. That's, uh, she's like, no, you didn't say that. That's not what you said. You did not say, what did you say? And I stood up with all the gumption, seeing the look on my friend's faces, like, ooh, tell him what you said. I really want to see this. And I said, I didn't know the answer because I was looking at your butt. Your thong was showing Senior fine lady. Senorita fine lady. And she was like, to the dean's office now, Carl Tart. And it was no more Senior Carlos. It was my full English name. And so I went to the dean. She wrote up, and she was mad at me. And I went to the dean, and the dean uh, was this cool, like, dude. He was always chewing gum, and he knew who I was because I was on the football and basketball and baseball team. And he was like... So what'd you do? Am I going to have to tell your coach? Because if you don't want to tell your coach, I'll go to the dean. Call my mom, call whoever you want to, but don't tell my football coach. He is going to kill me in practice. So I was like, well, Miss bent over. Oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you her name. Uh, she, she bent over, and her thong was showing, and I just made a reference to it. I said, I didn't know the answer to that question because I was looking at that ass. And he laughed at me, and then he uh, said, all right, I won't tell you, coach, because that's funny, and Miss does have a big ass between me and you. And uh, for the rest of that period, I just ran summon, office summonses for him. He didn't, I didn't get in trouble for it. But uh, y'all got to see it. Stop. You know what? The lady's butt was out. Y'all, it wasn't my fault. Again, she had a nice butt. That's it. And finally, me, Kevin McGeehan. My stepmother has a strange and telling peccadillo when it comes to her personality, and that is how she compliments people. The way she does it is this. She will give you a compliment, one that she completely and totally means, but then she will pause 
add a comma and then an independent clause that cancels out the original compliment. For instance, a friend of hers, a very good friend of hers, came over for a ladies' night out, and they're all dressed to the nines, and when my stepmother's very good friend comes in the room, my stepmother exclaims, Oh my gosh, you look so good tonight. Comma. I've never seen you look good. The one she did to me that always st- stands out to me is that uh, when I was 30 years old, I saw her for the first time in maybe 10 plus years. So it was our uh, reunion of sorts. We went to a cousin's wedding. And during the reception, she met some fun people and they started drinking tequila. And uh, she started just being real loud and wild. And she came up to me and gave me a little in tequila veritas, which was Kevin. You have turned into a magnificent man. Comma. But you've got to admit, you were kind of a shitty kid. Now, that bothered me for a very long time, but as I got older, and now that I have uh, gotten to and now exceeded the age she was when she first met me, I can see it. I get it. I see where she's coming from. I was kind of, uh, I was a kind of a weird kid. I, I was, for lack of a better phrase, the prototypical redheaded stepchild. I was not beaten like one, but I was mentally abused like one. So I would go, please. I've turned out all right. So. I understood where she was coming from, so she meant it in a certain sense that I was not the greatest kid. Uh, and also, once again, in her defense, at one point, I did not talk to her husband for a long time. My father and I fell into the third verse of Cats in the Cradle, and for a long time, until we eventually found our way back. So, now, her shitty kid comparison also had a literal sense to it. <laughs> When I would go over there, I would have so much anxiety because one of the things they would do is they would talk about me while I'm there about how different I am than them. I turned out fine. (laughs) So with all this anxiety, and I would be there for two-week stretches, I would get stopped up. And I would just not go for a while. Like a boa constrictor. And one day, while I was in this visit, suddenly it all came out. And when I flushed the toilet, it wouldn't work. And now I'm mortified, and I don't know what to do. I looked around the bathroom, there's no plunger. And I, I don't know how to handle this. So I go downstairs with my tail between my legs, and I say, I clogged your toilet. And I can't find the plunger. Will you tell me where the plunger is so I can fix it? And she looks at me like I had said that I had discovered aliens in the attic. We've never owned a plunger. We've never needed it. At which point my stepsister came in the room and they started to comment on what would be the possibility of why I was able to clog the toilet. And in their lifetime, they've never been able to. At one point, my stepsister chimed in with, you know, you forgot to flush one time, and I saw yours, and maybe yours looks different than mine. And it was just this excruciating conversation that went on for a very long time. So then, they finally relented. We'll go buy a plunger. 
And I sit in the house waiting for them to come home, just completely, just horrified. My stepmother comes back, and she gives me the plunger. And I said, let me go fix it. Please, that's on me. I'll I'll go do this. So I went upstairs, and I fixed it. And I came downstairs triumphant with the plunger in my hand, and I said, it's all fixed. Everything's taken care of. Plus, on a good note, now you have a plunger. And she looked at me and responded, you're right, thank you. It's great that we have a plunger now. (laughs) Comma. (laughs) But we'll probably only need it when you come to visit. (laughs) That's it, that's our show. Special thanks to our storytellers, Josh Callahan and Carl Tart. Also thanks to Jason McNichols, Mark Warzeka, The Second City Hollywood, and the Comedy Podcast Network for producing the show. You can like Funny Cause It's True on Facebook to find out upcoming show dates and themes. All the past episodes are available for free download on the Comedy Podcast Network or iTunes. While on iTunes, please feel free to leave a rating and a comment about the show. The more comments help the show grow to a broader audience on iTunes, plus it appeases my staunch desire for approval and acceptance. If you would ever like to see the live show, Funny Cause It's True is every other Tuesday at 10 p.m. at the Second City Hollywood, located on historic and sex shop-laden Hollywood Boulevard. So come out, put your name in contention, and maybe you'll get chosen to tell a true story on stage, and from there, get chosen to be on the podcast. My name is Kevin McGeehan. Thanks for listening. Receive this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.